You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Recently, I've caught myself saying, I just want to get back to feeling like me again. And you might be in the same boat with me. Maybe you just recently became a mom. Maybe you recently lost your job. Maybe just all the circumstances in general, you feel like your head's underwater and you cannot get back on top. This episode is just for you. Today, my new friend Christy Wright is joining us to talk all things her new devotional, Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. And let me tell you, it is full of practical wisdom, which we all love around here. So it is my joy to be able to share this with you guys today. Christy is a mama. She's a wife. She works closely with Dave Ramsey. She's written a book called Business Boutique, which is one of my favorites. I have to plug that one too. But today we're talking all things getting back to feeling like you again, knowing the truth about God, the truth about yourself, the truth about your season of life right now, and the truth about where you're going and why your future should be so hopeful. I feel like the word hope is a little foreign right now. In a lot of ways, we don't want to get our hopes up again because you might have been let down too many times or you've been let down pretty recently. But today's the day that we get our hopes up, that we cling to the truth about who God is to know ourselves better and in return, get back to feeling like us again. Oh my gosh, I'm thrilled about this. Thanks for thinking of me. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a blast because this conversation needs to be had. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always thinking through like, what do my friends listening need? And then it always boils down to, wait a second, what do I need to hear? Because chances are, like, there's so many more of us in certain spaces than I feel like we give everyone credit for. Like, there's more people in the middle of what we're facing, too. And it's it's not just us. So chances are... If I need to get back to Rachel, my friends listening need to get back to themselves too, because this past year, yeah, it's thrown, it's thrown a lot at us, but we're doing it and there's different ways to approach it, but you have one beautiful perspective of how to approach this, which you talk all about in your new book, your new devotional, Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. Wow. It is so good. I have to just like, I have to, I had to rave about it. Oh, well, thank you. It's amazing because I feel like the tagline 40 days to get back to you, it just hits a nerve with people. And just like you said, Rachel, it's something I have felt in different seasons of my life. And that's the way that I said it. I, it wasn't some fancy title of like, oh, this, you know, this is some big promise. It's like, oh my gosh, I just want to get back to me. I just feel like I've lost myself. I feel like I have somehow faded into the background in my own life. And I, I don't know, but I do feel like that this feels uniquely female in some ways. And I don't know if it's, um, it's not just motherhood because I have lost myself before motherhood in my career or different seasons of life or in a relationship or something. And so that's the reason I just love this tagline 40 days to get back to you, because I feel like it is something that resonates so deeply with people, but specifically women Um, regardless of the reason, we all have that same nagging feeling that we've lost ourselves in our own life. And so that's why I think this is such a, um, just such a pain point for people. I know I've experienced it and still do at times. And so that's why I wanted to kind of hit that head on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be 
hit head on. And I think a lot of it too, for me, I noticed that the root of like feeling like I'm wandering away from my true identity or confidence is that I'm trying to make so many people happy mm-hmm. <laughs> or trying to like catch all the balls before they fall on the floor and shatter that yeah. I forget me because I'm like trying to be a chameleon and like fit yes. into all these different roles and all these different spaces. And then you throw in circumstances changing like this past year has thrown. Then I'm like, okay, and I, I'm just so confused when I lay my head at, down at night and it feels funky saying it out loud, but at the same time, like, I can't operate to be the best Rachel. You can't operate to be the best Christy if we don't first understand the calling of who we've been uniquely created to be by God. So I, I'm so pumped. I say we go there. Let's just dive on. Yeah. In. I want to hear more about this message for the ladies that are nodding their heads out there. They're like, yes, it's me too. Like, where where can they start prepping their hearts for maybe receiving all the messages that are inside living true. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's just important to stop and reflect whether you journal or pray or have quiet time. That sounds so obvious, but let's be honest. A lot of the women listening, a lot of the people listening are busy. Yeah. And when you're busy, you don't stop. You don't stop to check in with yourself. How am I doing emotionally? How am I doing spiritually? How am I doing relationally? How am I doing professionally? How do I feel about my life? How do I feel about how I spend my time? And if we're not careful, we just run harder and run faster and show up to all the things and check off all the boxes on the to-do list. And we fill our calendars and we run to the next thing, the next thing. And we never stop to ask ourselves if any of those things are things worth doing, if any of those things are important to us, if any of those things turn us into the person we want to be. And actually what can happen, I think Rachel is, and and I'm certainly guilty of this is we chase those checked boxes and we chase those calendars and commitments and doing all the next right thing that we just think, Oh, we're supposed to sign our kid up for soccer because we got an invitation to sign up for soccer. So we must like, we don't even (laughs) question it. We just, we just respond and react to our world. And what happens is instead of those things and that life turning us into who we want to be, who we were created to be, it does the exact opposite. I'll tell you, you know, being transparent here, it often turns me into someone I don't want to be. It turns me into someone I don't like. And so let me give you, let me give you a silly example. Um, My husband and I watched this show with Reese Witherspoon. I can't remember which network it's on, but it's called um, Little Fires Everywhere. And there's this scene where, and she's like the mom, the type A mom that has all the calendar and all the, you know, I just so saw myself in her so much in her family. And there's this one particular scene at Christmas and she's trying to get all of her family in coordinated plaid outfits, smiling in front of the tree for the Christmas photo. And you know, we've all been there. We all want the Christmas photo. We want our kids smiling. Like it's a, it's a, it's an innocent <laughs> desire. There's nothing wrong with this desire, but in trying to force it so um, obsessively, the night ends with her screaming at everyone in her family. And while that's a really extreme example I think any of us can be guilty of chasing all the things we think we want or think we're supposed to do or what this is what a good mom looks like this is what a good wife looks like this is what a good Christian woman does that we we chase it so almost blindly and obsess over it and never question never ask ourselves is this who God created us to be is this what lights us up is this what what lets us show the glory of God on this earth and because we never ask ourselves that we become resentful and hateful and, or maybe even just checked out, just kind of like numb going through the motions. And I think we're missing out 
on not only enjoying our own life, which is a which is a noble desire, by the way. God gave us so much beauty in our our lives to enjoy. We're missing out on the very obvious of enjoying our life. But I think we're missing out on showing God to our world. Because I'm going to be honest, Rachel, when I am grouchy, I'm not showing Jesus to people. That's right. I'm not, I'm not a light in this world when I'm yeah. a terrible, unhappy, busy, burnout, rushed, running, ragged, grouchy person. And so I think at the most basic level, if we can stop and check in with ourselves and go, how am I doing? How am I doing emotionally? How are other people experiencing me? Am I, am I being a light in this world? And if not, that's okay. We all go through hard seasons, but like, what is holding me back from that? Is it something external that I can improve in some ways? It's something internal. I need to check in and do some work within myself. But I think just simply starting by checking in with yourself and how you're doing and maybe what's the cause of it. Like, Hey, maybe you're working in a job that you absolutely hate because you've got to pay bills and get by. And that's a reality right now. That job does not make you light up and come alive. And you certainly don't feel like a light every day when you go to work, but you can separate yourself from that. and go, okay, the cause of me feeling like this today is this job. This job does not define me. This job is not my source of my identity. This is a tough season and situation. And you can, again, reset on who you are and who God says you are in order to have strength for that difficult situation. But I think it starts with just checking in. And, and if, we, if we're so busy, we won't. We'll just run harder, run faster, and miss our own lives in the process. Oh. And I think that's scary. Yeah. And I got to tell you what's so crazy is everything that you're saying is very similar theme to a lot of conversations I'm having behind the mic over here at Behind the Bliss is I'm hearing from so many women from lots of stages and expertise of life is that we are going through the motions. Like those words keep coming up. Like we have stopped identifying, okay, what is it today? Like, where is it today that I can show up and be the best me so that I can serve the people around me instead it's a, all right, I got this. I got an invitation to do that. I must show up. Like, and instead it's, it's almost like a distraction and I'm just going to say it like it's a ploy of the enemy. I feel like to keep our eyes off of the strategy of God, to keep our eyes off the uniqueness of who he's called us to be that we're like, well, this is what everyone else is doing. And you know, like this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing instead of truly, like you're saying, making the margin of saying, okay, God, like, what is it that I can show up to today? on purpose, intentionally to walk out what you have for me. Yeah. Just yeah, so exactly. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I think this, this pain point of getting back to ourselves, whether it's because you have a job that you hate or you're in a really difficult season or you feel like you've lost yourself in motherhood, which is so easy to do. I feel like in a very unique way where you've never felt this love, like you feel for your children for the first time, you've never felt this like protective fierceness. And so then you're going like, that role and that identity becomes all consuming in a way and and in a very literal way with newborns. But then it continues even after that, where you're going, who am I outside of being a mom? They need me from sunup to sundown. Like, I I don't know know who I am apart from filling sippy cups. And so (laughs) regardless of the reason, I think that, you know, we all can get like this. And so I was on a plane. Um, I can't remember where I was going. This was a couple of years ago. I was actually pregnant with Mary Grace at the time, my third child, my um, daughter. And I knew I was going to write this devotional. And I was actually in the process of writing an outline for it to pitch it to our leadership to let me write it. So it wasn't approved. It wasn't a book yet. It was just, this is something I wanted to do. And our publishing department said, put together your outline. And so what would you say if you, if this got approved? And so I was sitting on this flight and I just prayed and I was like, Lord, if someone needs to get back to themselves, what do they need to know? 
What do they need to know to do that? I know that I want that. And I know that, you know, millions of women want that. How do I help them do that? What, what am I going to say in this? I don't even know. I don't know how to get back to yourself. You know, tell me what I need to know. And I just, I literally immediately wrote down, typed out on my Microsoft Word document, four things. I felt God say, you need to know four things. And these are the four things. You need to know who God is, who you are, where you are, and where you're going. And so I wrote those four things down and then I felt the Lord, I'd been praying over the number. Like I know there's a lot of 365 day devotionals. There's a lot of 90 day or hundred day. None of those felt right. I don't know why they just didn't feel right. And I felt, and I knew this was for a busy mom and I knew I didn't want it to be, you know, overwhelming, intimidating, like, Hey, 360, that feels very overwhelming to a mom. Even a yeah. hundred days, you know, to be honest, <laughs> even to me. to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I just felt the Lord give me the number 40 and that there's such holy examples in scripture of the number 40. Uh, Jesus being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 days between his, you know, uh, resurrection and ascension to heaven. So you've got all the 40 days it rained, you know, in the ark, you've got all these, and so I was like, Oh, that's a very biblical number, which is cool. And it's always a number of transformation. The, the beginning of the 40 days and the ending of the 40 days are not the same. And so I thought, I want this devotional to be transformative for people. And the Lord gave me the number 40. And so I was like, okay, 40, we've got four sections. We've got 40 days. We're going to spend 10 days in each section. And so each day is written in a different attribute of that theme. So the first 10 days, you need to know who God is. So every day is a different attribute of God. God is faithful. God is personal. God is um, loving. God is a good father and so on. And that each day in each section follows the same type of pattern, the 10 days of who you are, 10 things he says about you in his word, 10 different aspects of the season that you're in. So where you are, and then 10 things he says about your future and where you're going. And, and when you follow this path and follow this journey, I really do believe that it's transformative in resetting on the truth of who you are and getting back to yourself in the truest sense of the word, the you that God says you are, not that the world says you are, not even just necessarily the work, the, the you that you were before kids or before life got so busy, but the you that God says you are. And that's the, the best version of ourselves we should want to get to anyway. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that the first, the first section is to know who God is and the truth about him. And I think it's, oh, it's so beautiful because so many times when, like whenever I think getting back to me, right? Like this bigger idea of getting back to Rachel and feeling like myself again and all the things. Um, it's very like me driven. And I think the world would want it to be me driven. And when in reality, if we really want to get back to our original design and who we've been called to be, we need to know our creator who created us that way. And yeah. so I, I'm like, well, this is just so cool. Like, of course we need to know God before we need to know ourselves. And so I want to know, why is it important that we incorporate who God is into this picture of ourselves first and foremost? Well, you brought up an interesting point because, um, well, the, the real, the first most obvious reason that I started with who God is, you know, is, and I felt like the Lord gave me this, but it's because we are made in the image of God. So if you try to know who you are, apart from God or before God, then you're never going to get the full picture. You're not going to understand yourself because you are made in the image of God. So the best way to know who you are is to look at the one that you were created in the image of. And so it just makes, it just makes sense. It's, it's biblically based. Like this is, God says you are, you know, he made mankind in his image, male and female, he created them. And so you look at scripture and go, okay, God, you made us in your image. So I need to understand you to be able to understand me. So that's the most obvious one when you look at it at surface level, but then you, you made it, you said something that, that I had not thought about this way. 
if you didn't look at God first, um, which is a very Western worldview type of way, like, like uh, my friend, Christy McClellan, who's a Bible teacher, she studies um, the Bible in its original context in the Middle East. And she said, in the Middle East culture, they stare at God and glance at themselves culturally. So when they read scripture, they're looking to scripture to say, God, what does this say about you? Yeah. Whereas in the Western world, we're so individualistic, we stare at ourselves and glance at God. And we read scripture to see, what does this say about me? Now, it's not a bad thing. It's just a different worldview and not in the original context of how the Bible was written. So I think that helps us understand to have a more Middle Eastern worldview of we actually are, the Bible is written to know about God, not to know about ourselves. And so when we, when we stare at ourselves, we're never going to get the full picture because we're missing our creator that we're created in the image of. But at the same time, the other piece of it that I hadn't thought about till you just said this is we think we know ourselves better than anybody, but we don't. Mm -hmm. No one knows us better than our creator. God knows me better than me. God knows what I want better than I do. God knows what I need better than I do. God knows um, what, what makes me happy better than I do. God knows, God knows me better than me. And we miss that. And if we're not careful and we just try to live our lives by pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and doing it all ourselves and running ahead of God and saying, well, let me just figure out myself and what I need. We're going to have a partial picture. We're going to have an incomplete information. We're missing not only the, the God that we are creating an image of, but we're also leaving out the factor of there is a God that knows us better than we do. And so, man, if if there's a God that knows us better than we do, don't we want to know what he has to say about, you know, who he is and what he has to say about us? Because just like scripture says, his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. His plans are better than anything we could ever ask or imagine. You know, this is a silly example, Rachel, but when I wrote my book, my first book in 2017, Business Boutique, I had people ask me, oh my gosh, is this a dream come true? And I said, no, I never had this dream. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I thought I was going to work at an advertising agency as like a graphic designer. God's plans made my little dreams look ridiculous. Yeah. Because his plans are so much bigger for us. So I think that that's the other most obvious piece is he, of course, we are created in his image. So we need to know him first to get to know us first and foremost. But he also knows us better than we know ourselves. So we need to know him and what he thinks and who he is if we want to know who we are. Uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. This is going to be <laughs> the worst example, but it's just coming to my mind. I feel like I have to say Let's it. Have it. Okay. Uh, the least bit spiritual, but here we go. So Taylor <laughs> I Swift. Yes. I am like the biggest yes. Swifty. Same. And Same. You, yeah. You listen to her music and you're like, oh, this is a bop. Like, I really love a song. You can jam to it in the car. But if you know Taylor and like, you know, the Easter egg she puts in her songs and like, you're just able to appreciate it on a whole new level. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. that's why she said that instead of this. And like, that's why her album art looked like that instead of this. And you can't appreciate it if you don't know who Taylor is. And so am I Am I comparing Taylor to God? Uh, no. But I'm just saying <laughs> uh, it's similar because I'm like, okay, once you get to know who God is, he's going to start showing up in ways that are really hard to miss instead of really hard to find. Because you're like, ooh, that's why he did that. Interesting. Or like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that's such a similar thing as this, this, and this. And you can just appreciate him as an author and a creator and his creativity. And again, like, it just makes life more fun and abundant when you do it that way, which then in return, like, overflows into your life. And you're like, wow, like, I am a part of this bigger picture, you know, and you can start being grateful for who you've been called to be and 
that getting back to you is an easier journey than it being a like clunky, clumsy, like awkward, oh, I right. gotta, you know, do these things to feel like me again. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think what's interesting too is the world is so loud and they want to tell you who you are. The media wants to tell you who you should be. Pinterest wants to tell you what you should look like. You know, the world is loud. And I actually yeah. shared a story on my Instagram page yesterday. Um, that was a story from this devotional. It's an excerpt about my dog Jackson. And um, so if, if, if you go to at Christy B. Wright, you'll, you'll see the full story, but I'll give you the quick summary story. It, I had this dog Jackson and I lived on a farm and um, at a, a Halloween party at my house one year with some friends, my um, one of the people let him out in the, in the uh, barn area where he ran and chased all the goats and the donkeys. And it was just a disaster. It was chaos. But anyway, I'm standing <laughs> in the field and I'm like, I've got to get him back. I've got to get him back in the house. This is not good, whatever. And everyone, everyone at the party screaming his name because they all knew he wasn't supposed to be out there. So everyone's screaming, Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. I mean, it's just chaos. The goats are running the cats are, it's nuts. And I didn't know what to do to get him back because it's dark. It's at night. There's all this insanity going on. And I did the most counterintuitive thing, but I just stood in the middle of the field right where I was. And I just said his name one time. I said, Jackson. And he stopped in his tracks and he walked towards me from way across the field. And I thought, isn't that so incredible how he knew my voice? He knew the voice of the one that loved him. He knew the voice that was his person. And I think that when you get to know God, when you understand who he is, as he tells you about himself in his word, and you spend time with him, you begin to discern his voice above all the others. It doesn't have to be the loudest voice, but you begin to know this is God leading or this is not. This is a door God wants me to walk through, or this is a door God is closing. You begin to discern his voice, his guiding, his prompting, his love, his provision, his protection. You begin to see his hand in what is going on in your world because you know him. So so when you have a voice in your head that says you are a failure and you're fat and you're ugly and you're failing as a mom, your mind can go, that is not my father, God. Mm -hmm. That is not how he talks to me. And you begin to have this power and confidence and bold faith and intimacy with the Lord because you know who he is. But if you don't know him, then it's really difficult. Yeah. If you don't know him, you can't discern his voice. You can't discern his prompting and leading. And I'm not saying it's perfect. Like I always know exactly what God's doing. I don't, but I have my finger on the pulse of, of, of his character qualities and going, okay, well, well, God, just today, just before I got on this interview, my husband and I had been in a kind of a weird spot with some giving. And I said, we've been in the spot before. Do you remember this situation and this situation, and this situation where God led us to give and then it got weird, but it didn't change what God asked us to do, even though it got difficult. And he was like, yeah, I was like, here we are again. I don't think it means we're supposed to turn back and not give. I think it means that we've been here before. And so again, you can start to see patterns in your relationship with the Lord because you know who he is and you can see him that much more clearly in your present and in your future when you remember who he is in your life and who he is to you, who he is according to his word. Yeah. Mm, so good. And this is more than just for the woman we are today, right? Like oh, getting yeah. back to us, it's like, oh, I think we live in a right here, right now, you know, immediate gratification kind of culture that we forget that, no, by choosing this and doing the hard work today, we're actually setting up our future selves, our future families, future generations up for knowing God more. And seeing his provision in all the different areas. So I want to talk about that. Like, it's this bigger picture. It's bigger than today when our friends are listening to the podcast and like wanting to make this switch back to them. It's it's bigger than that. Um, 
it's a ripple effect. So I kind of want to hear the fourth section, which is, you know, the truth about why your future is so hopeful and um, why it's important to know where you're going. Yeah. Well, and so the, you know, each, each kind of theme, uh, each section has a theme. And so the first 10 days is all about who God is according to his word and then who you are according to what he says about you and then where you are in your season of life and what, you know, what God says about your current season. But the fourth one is so interesting because I think that when we go back to scripture to look for what God says about our future, it helps us not only have a big, bold faith that we are called and commanded to have, that God asks us to have, tells us to have, says we're created as believers to have in him. That is our job is to have a big, bold faith, to believe him. That's what a uh, scripture, I can't remember where the, the location says, this is the work that you believe in the one he sent. That it's, that's a, this is the work we're to do, to believe that Jesus is Lord. And so when you, when you understand that we are called and created to have this big, bold faith, and you look at what scripture says about our future, it helps cultivate that faith. It helps build that faith, but it also helps offset or combat all of the pain from our past. Because if we're not careful in our humanness, just the basic human psychology is you touch a hot stove, your brain says, don't touch that again. That's a survival (laughs) mechanism. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But you got your hopes up for that job and you didn't get that job. Well, your mind says, don't get your hopes up next time. Don't get excited about that job. Don't even go for that next job. Don't try, don't try that again. You know, I remember the, the, one of the first speaking events I ever did, this was 10 years ago and I bombed. It was like, it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first within six months. And I, I bombed, uh, Rachel, I just cried no my eyes out the whole <laughs> way home, just cried and cried and cried. And I told myself never again, I'll never Funny. speak again. Praise never. God you showed um, up again. Yeah. You yeah. didn't have Christy right. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't, but isn't that our natural defense, right? Like, it's like, you've had your heart broken. You don't want to open your heart up again. Not on a stage, not on a, in a career, not, you know, trying to get for another baby. Yeah. A relationship, a baby, something like, like someone needs to hear that right now. Someone is listening to this and going, I don't want to get my hopes up for a baby. And that's really real because you can't control it, Rachel. And I know that, like, I know in this life, you cannot control all of the outcomes. But here's what I do know. Our God is a God of hope. And our hope is not in the outcome, not in the job, not in the baby, not in the relationship, not in the things. Our hope is in the God of hope, but he expects us to bring our desires to him, to bring our prayers to him, our dreams to him in full transparency, full vulnerability, opening, being honest with him, not trying to convince ourselves, like as if we're going to convince him in the process that we don't really care about that thing when we absolutely do. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that reminder in scripture that again and again, it's saying, have a bold faith, have a big faith. If you look at Hebrews, I love Hebrews 11. The whole stinking chapter is by faith legends of the Bible of things that were moved in history, things that were moved in the kingdom because that person had faith by faith. Noah built an ark by faith. Abraham was blessed with all this by faith, by faith, by faith. It's like 39, 38, 39 verses. I think it's 38. I'm going by memory here. I don't have my Bible in front of me. 38 verses, let's say that by faith, so-and-so did this and this happened. And then verse 39, I believe, someone's going to Instagram tweet me at this that I'm getting it wrong. It says, and none of them received what had been promised. And so you see they're like, well, that's, 
that's bad news. And then verse 40, because God had planned something better. And so again, it's not in the outcome. Our hope isn't in the outcome, but our hope is in the God of the outcome, the God that can handle our dreams. He can hold our dreams. He can hold our open hearts with open hands and he can, he can handle it. And so I think that my heart behind this last section, these 10 days to, to about what God says about where you're going is to help people move on from the past. Not, not that the past didn't happen. The heartbreak wasn't real, but to not let it hold you back or keep you from the intimacy God desires with you that so much of that is in your desires and your full heart, bringing your full heart to him, but also in having this bold faith, believing him for a good future, believing him to do good things, believing him for the miracle, believing him for the baby, believing him for the job, believing him for the girl. You just, you, we, we have to, we have to get our hopes up because he is the God of hopes. We can't let our broken world or our, broken heart, keep us from being who he called us and created us to be, which is believers. We, yeah. Christine Kane says, we have a lot of unbelieving believers. We are called to be believers, to believe that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And we will let him handle the outcome. But our job in the meantime is to believe him for that. And act like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Live like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And having that 18 inch connection between sometimes I know it with my head, but I have to know it with my heart and then right. make, you know, my decisions and my actions and my behavior have to reflect it. Right. And that's the hardest part is like we can we can walk in it all day long and but we have to talk the talk and walk the walk. And that's right. obviously easier said than done, but so beautiful. One of the stories I shared um, in the fourth section when I was talking about um being pregnant with my third baby and desiring a daughter and like trying to talk myself out of it. Like, like we all do when we, when we want anything, we just, Oh, that feels selfish. Oh, I should just be grateful to be pregnant, which I was, but it's like, Oh, it's like, I don't really care. I'll be happy either way. Like all these desires kept welling up and I just felt so ashamed of them. Mm -hmm. And I just kept trying to tell myself, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. And, And that's when the Lord spoke to me that day and said, I am the God of hope. You get your hopes up because I am the God of hope. And so that day was transformative for me in so many ways, not about the outcome, but about who God is and how he feels about my desires, that maybe they're not selfish or shameful, that maybe he just w- simply wants me to bring them to him. But what's so interesting, Rachel, is to your point of making your actions match. So the next week when I would, you know, I'm pregnant and someone says, oh my gosh, like, so do you want a girl? Because of course, that's what they all ask when you're, you have two <laughs> yeah. boys. They all ask, did you want a girl? I didn't lie, Rachel. I didn't say, no, I don't care. I said, yeah, I do. Wow. I do want a girl. And there was something holy about me admitting what I wanted. It wasn't about getting what I wanted. It was about admitting what I wanted. And I felt like God was smiling at me going, there you go, girl. Yeah. Yeah. You be honest with that person and you be honest with me and you be honest with yourself about what you want. I can handle it. I know what to do. One of the things I felt like the Lord shared with me that day was I, you never have to guard your heart with me. I created your heart. I know what to do with every, I know what to do with every desire I have given you. And I know what to do with every broken piece. When you're disappointed, you never guard your heart with me. You may guard your heart with other people, but you never guard your heart with me. And, and I think that that is a word for someone today that has been guarding their heart from the Lord, from themselves, trying to convince themselves they don't care about something, trying to hide that part of themselves. And God is going, bring that to me. I created your heart. I know exactly what to do with it. 
Oh, it's so good. Okay, Christy, I have to say it, but some of our friends listening might know this part about my husband and I's story, but we actually were trying to start a family for about two years and no one knew because of that. Like we were like, I, yeah. I don't want everyone on Instagram to know this is something we're facing right. because what if it never happens? Like right. I don't want right. someone else questioning God. I don't want so you know, like I don't want to be a stumbling. Right. You can come up with all these things in your head. Oh, totally. And some of that is very, you know, there's, there's wisdom Valid. in some of it. I mean, you know, totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like prayerfully approach this, but we did have this one moment where we felt like the Lord said something similar to us where he was like, and what if like it, I still show up. It just might not look like the way you anticipate me showing up. And so we ended up just like asking for our community to pray for us in in bigger and bold ways. And it just was so neat because in that post, it basically said like, I just, I want you to know that like, this is me being bold and proclaiming that this is, this is something I want. And I trust that my God knows my desires. And in fact, he put those desires there in the first place. Like you're going back to, you know, square one we were talking about earlier. He knows me better than I know me. And he knew I had those desires to be a mom before I even knew I wanted to be a mom. So it's just trusting like, no, he's got this. And I'm not embarrassed of how this is going to turn out and, or who my God is. Like, I'm just going to say it anyways. So it's, yeah that action and then here we are about a month away from delivering our first oh my our first gosh kid. congratulations congratulations <laughs> god is so he, faithful he is so faithful and it's it's that like do i think i'm pregnant because i was bold i don't know i'll never know yeah. but it's just right. it's again like acting like it and showing up yeah, and meeting right. business with god yeah that's right and to your point there there is a person that God is saying, guard your heart with this one or with other people. Like, yeah. don't share this. This is between me and you. This is intimate. And, yeah. Right. And then there's someone else that's like, hey, I need you to be bold here. And so I think it's just, again, the more you get to know God, the more you can discern his voice and his leading and know, because there's been times that the Lord has done something in my life. And I think to myself, I mean, I'm a, I'm a content creator. That's what I do. And I immediately think like, oh, I want to share this. And I have felt the Lord tap the brakes and go, nope, that one's for us. Nope. Yeah. You're not sharing that. That's for me. That's just for me and you. And so I think, again, the more you spend time with God, the more you get to know him, the more you get to know yourself and you get to know what he says about you and how he's leading you. And it's just going to give you that that wisdom and that peace and that confidence, regardless of how it turns out, you will have a um, a deeper sense of yourself, um, you know, and who you are in him that you've that you've been desiring that we all desire, you know. Amen. Sister, your faith is in, is so contagious. I'm like sitting oh. here smiling. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure our friends listening are like, I've got to get my hands on Living True, 40 days to get back to you in this devotional. So where can they find you? All things Christy Wright, this devotional, just, yeah, you know, thank you. shameless plug. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. It's christywright.com for the the blog, the, the devotional. If you want to um, find the show, the Christy Wright show on YouTube, like you said, a podcast and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, you can just get it wherever Amazon, you know, wherever books are sold. Amazon's probably the easiest. I think everybody gets there, but, um, Dave Ramsey. Two day shipping always know. gets me. Yeah, 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 totally. Totally. So <laughs> yeah, it. thank you. I've just, it's been really cool. This is the first devotional I've ever written. And so it felt very, um, not that other work does not matter. God is in all of our work that we do, but, um, there was something about this, about being able to, um, just, yeah, share the truths of God. And so thanks for, thanks for asking about it. And thanks for, you know, sharing. Let me have, of let me course. have some time today. Of course. Okay. One more question before we go. One of my favorites yes. to ask, but what is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening? Oh my it gosh. Can, can it be super shallow? 
Totally. We've been very deep for 34 minutes. Surely we can be <laughs> for this minute. Okay. Um, speaking of Amazon, do you know they have like great earrings for so cheap? I'm like, I would rather have like 50 pairs of super cheap earrings than like one nice pair. So I have been yeah. very into Amazon earrings. Let me tell you, you can get a pack of like 10 for like $5. They're so cheap. We love that. It doesn't matter if you lose them or tear them up because it's just like, I don't know if y'all like big earrings, but I love fun earrings. And so that is something I have just recently discovered. I'm like, why have I been buying $30 earrings? Now I can buy like $5. That's right. That's right. And I love this. Oh, that's awesome. So and if you lose one or whatever, again. I like, mean, whatever. It's, it's cool. like 30 cents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, order another pair and just like keep right. swap them out. That's right. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazon. Oof. They get me. They get me. I know it. I know it. I know. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I am so grateful for you saying yes and to being with us today and sharing all this wisdom. It was not just for me. And I have that deep feeling and just know it. So thank you, friend. Well, thank you for having me. I love what you do. And I love how you're just sharing such hope in this space. So thanks for having me. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.